Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Hi everyone, it's Nan Weijin, it's Natalie Weijin, yes, it's Chatting with Nat, and today we have the honor of having jazz vocalist Lizzie Thomas. NYC vocalist Lizzie Thomas has made a name for herself as a swinging, sultry jazz singer with a beautiful stage presence. Her phrasing is effortless and naturally swings. She captivates her audience by going straight to the heart of the lyrics. An entrepreneur at heart, Lizzie released June 21st, a jazz lifestyle brand called the Jazz Diva Collection, creating candles, loungewear, and bags that honor the tradition of jazz, the music, the cool vibes, and women of jazz. Her latest release, New Sounds from the Jazz Age, recorded in a live setting, is a uniquely beautiful and provocative new sound on the songbook classics we know and love. The album celebrates Miss Thomas's ability to vocalize on racing tempos, effortlessly pivot between styles and key changes, and dig deep into the rich complexities of Ellington, Porter, and Gershwin. It features Russell Malone on guitar, John Colliani on piano, Jay Leon Hart on bass, Felix Paikley on clarinet, I hope I said that right, and Bernard Lynette on drums. Miss Thomas came to jazz when she realized that it is a purely American art form. It's steeped in tradition and allows for endless innovation. I can call a tune for the rest of my life. I will never sing it the same way. That's freedom, she says. That's provocative. That's jazz. Lizzie Thomas is a clear but worldwide, worldwide voice and struts with boldness. Jazz Weekly. So I'm glad to have um, Lizzie Thomas on Sisters in Music and Sisters in Music is an organization that seeks to empower women in the music, arts, and entertainment. And we also get support from the men and brothers that support us. Um, And so we create uh, sim jams, you know, performances. We had a performance in New York recently, and we're trying to do one in L.A. during Grammy Week. And we have podcasts and all kinds of different conferences that we're gearing up to do, but we're here to support and no diva behavior. We are all on the same plane. So everybody, let's give a round of a welcome applause to Lizzie Thomas. The opening. Uh, Such hi, a Lizzie. grand opening. Hi, yeah, Natalie. My two little hands cannot give you the applause that you deserve. So, you know, I have to add that in there to make you feel warm and fuzzy. Well, I certainly feel warm and fuzzy. Thank you. It's a pleasure talking with you today and learning a little more about Sisters in Music. Thank you. Yes. Uh, So how have you been uh, during this crazy time, this thing we call (laughs) a pandemic? Well, um, I've Overall, I've been, you know, really very active. Um, I can say that um, I never got COVID. Um, I was in New York City. Uh, Most of the COVID pandemic lockdown, which was 
really crazy, very isolatory. Um, thank goodness I, I have a husband and a partner and a friend, him being all of those things in one, um, right. and a person I like a lot. So um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, that was that was good because it was a little scary there for a while, and we basically mm-hmm. would go out one time during the week just to get provisions, groceries, um, but at the same time, I was um, very creatively engaged. Um, I started creating the Jazz Diva collection. Um, I did several live streams and created a live stream that I uh, produced and presented from uh, the Four Seasons, which was called Jazz on 38. I made a lot of new friends on social media, if you can believe it. Mm, um, yeah. By sharing my music, yeah, sharing my music and meeting a lot of new people who are really passionate about jazz and did some weekly live streams there for a while. And, you know, I, in the midst of crazy, I stayed really busy and positive and um, have some really great things that came out of the time. Um, it's awesome. I love, I love to hear that. Um, so here's a question that I ask everybody. So you know that during the pandemic, uh, there were okay. So the pandemic created pros and cons, and and the cons obviously mm-hmm. is that people got sick, people died, some people had to get limbs amputated, some people were still going through lingering effects. It's been horrible. But then on the other side, people had time to really reflect on life, reflect on mm-hmm. how going to be perceived in life, reflect on how they are going to continue with some friendships and not continue with others. Cause I know I did that. Um, one of the things that I saw that was amazing to me was the fact that there are more families walking outside with their kids and stuff like that. I'd never seen before. It was just like, it seemed like a new thing. Um, there are friends that said, you know, they decided to come back on work because they realized they weren't spending enough time with their kids. There are people that, I've read two articles where people decided to quit their jobs because they realized the pandemic made them realize they need to do something that makes them happy or they're more of an mm-hmm. effect. Climate change. My God, people, the, the animals were like, oh, nobody's in the street. Pollution level went down because we weren't out. <laughs> the, and Mother Nature was just like, oh, my gosh, I can dance. I can sing a little bit. Um, and then artists, you know, we really – thought about who we wanted to be as uh, as artists out here, what we how we want to be representative, um, how, you know, we want to be effective players in this lifetime. So for you, did you try, I know that you created um, your own jazz, which I love, Jazz Diva collection, um, but did you also have time to self-reflect about how you want to be perceived as an artist? Did you, have you thought about changing the jazz tunes? What did you think about? That's a great question. Um, I, I would, I would say yes. I definitely, you know, you had a lot of time to take stock of self and what was important. Um, really able to assess how do I spend my time during the day and how do I want to shift that so that I'm um, more productive. Um, and one thing that I found out about myself is um, I was able to. Because, you know, I'm a very positive person. I'm a very, I like to be actively engaged in something. But Mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, the shadow of that, the the downturn of that is sometimes you're just busy to be busy. Right, right. 
I think the pandemic having this time really taught me um, how to take a deep breath, how to slow down and dig deeply into the things that I wanted to focus on. And a lot of those things that were um, like keeping me just busy during the day, right? Um, those began to, I began to shed those things mm. and I found, um, I found a lot more peace, um, lo- less anxiety. Um, and I also was way more productive on focusing on the things that really mattered to me. Okay. And I, I think that was one of my big lessons. So um, really digging deeper, having focus and, and driven energy. And with that, you know, not only is in music, not only about like looking at my career, but also looking at the other, you know, the things that make me who I am, which are my relationships. Right. You know, I really, I really put attention and care into my uh, friendships that I have. Um, Many of my closest friendships, Mm. um, they don't live in the city. So I had already developed a relation, a quote, long distance relationship with them. So, you know, not being able to see them wasn't, I typically wasn't able to see them because they don't live in New York. So, you know, I was able to really devote some more time and attention to my personal relationships. And, you know, coming out of the pandemic, there were some new friendships that I was starting. Right. Um, Girl, girlfriends that lived in New York City that, you know, as we were able to connect and meet, those were the pe- that was a priority for me. Like, hey, I really want to connect with you face-to-face, face-to-face physically. Um, and that was a big deal. And the same thing with my musicians. You know, the moment I could get back, even if it was just one person, which is usually my piano player, um, you know, the moment I could be in the same room just with him and the piano was a really intense, special moment. So I hope that answered yeah, no, what you were what you were going for. Yeah. Um, and and, it, and now that we're kind of getting back into the swing of things, I'm trying to maintain that. Hey, wait a minute. We we don't just need to be busy. Let's be really productive focused energy on what is important and um jazz i have to tell you is my first love that's how i you know first started started into this music industry i am i have like a jazz pop album and i also have a jazz a self-titled jazz album so i absolutely love jazz and i started by um I fell in love with jazz. I'm dating myself, watching Sanford and Son, because he used to love Lena Horne, and he used to try to sing uh, Stormy Weather all the time. And so that's that's where I fell in love with it. So for you, was it something that you heard, you saw? um, What, what, where did the the singing bug come from? Um, What motivated you to say, oh, my God, music is me, and it's all about jazz? Uh, let me let me tackle the first one which is just singing Um, when I was um, you know I was brought up in a family where we listened to music and my dad and I listened to a lot of music together that was the way that we connected you know Mm -hmm. this was like Motown and Ray Charles and Mm -hmm. even 
um, Willie Nelson and Dolly Parton. You know, I grew up in the South, so I had that influence, that Southern influence. Um, and when I was around seven or eight, I started, I think seven, I started saying, hey, I want to play the piano. And there are no musicians in my family. And so they were kind of like, where is she getting this from? Um, You know, they heard me sing and they knew that I was a good singer, but, um, you know, I could carry a tune. So my mom said, okay, if you still want to play the piano in six months, then we'll talk about, you know, getting a piano and starting lessons. So anytime I could, you know, one of her best friends played piano. And so anytime that we were around her, I was like, teach me this, teach me that and loved it. So eventually I did get the piano. I started playing music. I started playing, you know, classically um, mm-hmm. for years. Um, and then, and that was, you know, I started around eight playing. And then when I got into, um, let's see, mid, mid school, you know, where they have, where they have band and you can try out instruments. And I was like, Oh, that'd be cool. I want to do that. I guess it was like fourth grade. And so I played clarinet for a couple of years. And then unfortunately it became not cool to be in the band and I quit. I know. Isn't that sad? I quit the band. And then um, that's when my voice was discovered and I was um, in show choir and that was like seventh grade on. I think my first, um, my first little in the show choir, my first um, solo was. Do you remember Bonnie Raitt's song "Let's Give Them Something to Talk About"? Yes, yes. <laughs> I, that was my first solo, and I just like was so scared. I walked out on stage. There was a big spotlight, and I just, you know, my parents were kind of like, "Oh God, fingers crossed. We hope this goes well." <laughs> like we're here so and I just like sang my heart out blew everybody away and was just petrified when I wasn't singing um you know I had such a hard time speaking or doing anything on stage I was just like just put me out there give me a microphone let me start singing I'll be fine right so that's when I started singing and then it was like oh wow started doing vocal lessons and really getting into it and that's kind of when I made the swap of I stopped such hardcore like classical piano training mm-hmm. and it flip-flopped into more vocal uh, vocal training and you know it was it was way more social I could sing with other people and it was um, show choir and I started doing musicals and it was just, it was a lot of fun and I found mm-hmm. that piano um as a classical pianist, because I didn't really get into rock bands. That wasn't really an option, like in where I grew up. It was just lonely. It was solo. You know, I was a solo person sitting at the piano playing classically. So as a teenager, it was way much more fun and cooler to to sing and to be with a group of people. Um, as far as jazz, um I was really turned on to jazz and first introduced to jazz when I heard uh, Linda Ronstadt's album, What's mm-hmm. New. Okay. And that was uh, Nelson Riddle did the arrangements. And Nelson Riddle is the guy that did the arrangements for, for Frank Sinatra and a lot of the, the big um, jazz kind of crossover um, pop artists of that day. So 
Linda Ronstadt, I thought that she was just like, she could do no wrong. Right. And I started hearing these songs like Stormy Weather, What's New, Um, I've Got a Crush on You, Um, How Glad the Many Millions of Tom's and Dixon Williams. Oh, that's I've Got a Crush on You. Um, and then someone to watch over me, you know, like these real classic torch songs. Right. And I thought, oh, well, I could do this. I really like these songs. Um, and that was really when I started digging into jazz and the American songbook, those tunes that she sang really led me to jazz. And it, it's like, I continue to go back and forth, back and forth. You know, jazz is um, the reason why I I love the genre of jazz is um, it's it's endless. I mean, like the quote at the very beginning, I could I could sing the same song the rest of my life, right? Um, and never sing it the same way. Yeah, um, true. It's and it's and it's also. One of the things, I did some songwriting early on um, when I was in music school. And the thing that I found, which was great, is why I was so drawn to jazz and the American songbook is, you know, everybody knew the same tunes. So Mm. all the standards, you could walk in, you know, I could walk in anywhere. And I did this when I was in, like, Chile, when I was in Paris, when I was traveling in Barcelona. I'd go into these clubs where there was jazz you know, as like a, a young, silly, stupid 20 <laughs> year old and be bold enough to say, Hey, you know, can I sit in and sing a tune? You know, I didn't speak the language, but I could say enough um, right. where we could, I could call, you know, all the things you are, you know, everybody knows that tune and call a key and call a, a, a time and a style and play with people I've never played with before. And I just thought that that's the coolest thing about jazz. And I still think it's really amazing that we, we share this common language, but everybody brings their own like experiences to it and their own vibe and feel. So that's my, how I began singing and, and why I love jazz so much. Now, how important is it for you to be authentic um, in your music? Um, for me, I love jazz, uh, but what I find Mm -hmm. jazz jazz is a hard genre. I think it's one of the hardest genres just because that uh, with jazz, people are so much a stickler for, oh my God, it has to be this way. The instrumentation has to be this way. (laughs) When I did my album, they're like, what are you doing? Because my my whole point was to do a jazz album, but make it a little bit more 21st century, so maybe younger generation might be interested in jazz, but there's such a stickler for, I'm still, we're going to do what I want to do. But um, mm-hmm. how important is it for you to be authentic while while doing the jazz, jazz genre? genre? Well, I think that when you're, you know, when you're talking about the jazz genre, I think there's a lot, there's a lot of room. There's a lot of places you can go and, you know, just like there's Latin jazz, swing jazz, progressive jazz, um, there's bebop, there's experimental. You know, I think that even though it uh, seems to be like a smaller genre or kind of sticking to be only um, to have smaller boundaries, I guess, 
Um, it, okay. it actually really doesn't. It's um, an incredibly in, innovative, um, broad genre. Um, as a vocalist, I mean, let's look at Lady Gaga. She just released an album with Tony Bennett, and I bring it up because Cole Porter is, if I have to choose one singer, if I have to choose one artist, one icon, um, writer, let's call him that. He's a lyricist, and he actually wrote the music. Um, it would be a Cole Porter. Um, so I look at, you know, I'm sure, well, I can't say that. It's possible that a lot of jazz musicians look at that album and say it's not jazz. Mm. And I get where they're and I get where they're coming from. But what I will say is she has just introduced the genre of jazz and Cole Porter, mm. who is one of the most incredible songwriters of the American songbook, our right. tradition, um, to the people that follow Lady Gaga, which are Right. The young generation, right? Can't we say that? So I I think there's I think there's a lot of room in jazz and I think it's growing in the idea that um it's being it's becoming broader and it's becoming more accessible to people. But if you want a certain if you want a certain type of jazz you can always find it. So Hmm. for me the authenticity is how do you how do you find your voice? Mm. Um, I always choose the songs that I sing. They're right. songs that inspire me. They're songs that I think are inspiring. Um, I think they're they're quality songs that um, can be you know can be heard from a lot of different uh, generations. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some there's some classic jazz tunes that I love to do, but you know my latest show, um, I sang the Rainbow Connection, mm. you know Kermit the Frog. <laughs> so technically that's not jazz, right? But you can make it jazz. Yeah, but with the type of stylistic approach, uh, mm. with the arrangement. Um, it's it's a song where I looked at the lyrics and I was like, wow, this is meaty. This is a really simple song that says a lot. And those are the kind of songs that I like to sing and that I like to present. Um, and I think that that's how I remain authentic and try to continue to be as authentic as possible. And that's through, you know, song choices, uh, right. who, who who I work with. Right. Uh, where I perform, how often I perform, all of those things. Well, I love that. Um, so we're going to play <laughs> I Didn't Know About You. Tell us what that's about. Oh, yeah. This is a great – this is a Duke Ellington tune. Um, and Duke Ellington was, you know, the, the master of um, – not only being a band leader, but being a songwriter and really understanding um, how to communicate through music and through um, many, many instruments because his band was quite big. Um, so I Didn't Know About You is a song written um, during that time, which I, 30s, 40s, I don't know the exact date, my apologies. Um, but 
I brought in uh, guitarist Russell Malone, and I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's an incredible guitarist um, from Atlanta, like from Georgia, okay. I think Albany. And um, he played with Diana Krall in the early stages yeah. of her career. Um, he's played with um, Wes Montgomery. Um, <laughs> he's played yeah. with a lot of um, a lot of great jazz musicians, and then also he himself. You know, the, the fun thing about the guys that I play with on this album is, you know, you can go up to Harlem and see them. You can walk down the street and see them. They're very accessible, but also right. very um, they're masters at their instrument. So that's a little bit about this song. Um, it's called I Didn't Know About You. Basically, it's about um, when you meet that person that you, that you figure out, huh, life mm. is a little different now that I know this person. Right. I like it. I've met many people <laughs> like that. Good yeah, and bad. Yeah, right? Uh, good and bad. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's play. Yep. Here we go. Thank you. 
recording that album and also extremely challenging um, and I'll tell you why because of exactly the way that we recorded it mm. um, you know typically when you record a record you've got the vocalist in one booth with headphones right. on you've got the pianist in the main room with cans on and you've got the guitarist you know everybody's separated <clears throat> so the thing that we did with this album which is is really quite daring um is we were all in the same room. We were all in a circle together. No headphones, no cans. Wow. Uh, no separation, no booths. So it was really what you're hearing, a very unprocessed, unproduced, like um, there's no redos. There's no let me adjust right. that. Oh, it's a little flat. Let me, you know, put some, some tuner on it. Um, right. It's, really like a live performance is the way that we recorded this album, um, which is very satisfying because it sounds incredible. And I love it. When I listen to it, I'm like, wow, that, that is intense. Um, <laughs> but if you don't know exactly what's, um, what's happening and the setting, then you might think, oh, well, it might sound a little rough or a little messy right. or, but at the same time, that's how you get that essence. And, you know, the right. musicians and the players that I worked with, you know, it's a, they're, they're the best. And so we were able to walk in and look at the, all of these arrangements I did with um, John Coliani did the arrangements and we talked through everything. Um, so it was a really um, 
raw, live, intense recording to to achieve that sound. I love that. I love those type of recordings because it's very authentic, very real. And mm-hmm. like everybody else, I think that's um, what people are um, going towards now because, of, you know, the past six years has been just so crazy. Um, they want to, more to listen to more authentic um, artists, nothing, not stuff that's overly produced, but something yeah, that, yeah. Say, oh my gosh, I just really love this. This really grabs me. Now, what do you love about being an artist? About being an artist? Mm-hmm. Um, I love being able to create. Mm-hmm. I love being able to um, communicate. Um, you know, I feel like my most authentic form of communication is when I'm singing. Right. Um, that's why song choice, song selection, words are so important because, um, you know, I'm I'm communicating at a level um, that I, I feel like I, not that I can't, mm-hmm. uh, just by using my words and my speaking voice, but um, that in order to really achieve everything um, that I want to say, um, I can only, I, I feel like I do that best when I'm singing and vocalizing. I agree with you. I think yeah, I'm, you too. Yeah, I'm the very same way. Now, you recently launched a Jazz Diva collection. Tell me what that's about. What does it yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, during basically the Jazz Diva Collection, it celebrates and honors the women in jazz. That's the best way to say it. Um, I, like I personally it. wanted to not only sing and listen to jazz, the American music, but I wanted to surround myself with jazz as well. And what I mean by that is, you know, specifically, I think we can all relate to during the pandemic we needed really comfy clothes and things that we like to chill out in. Right. And um, I coming from the fashion industry, you know, I was used to like getting dressed every day. So I found myself wanting to wear like t-shirts and sweatshirts and, you know, right. like cool stuff. And I didn't own it. <laughs> and so <laughs> I started looking for what I wanted to wear and what I wanted to wear and what I thought would be cool is, well, I want to wear like Billie Holiday or like mm-hmm. Ella Fitzgerald. And so when I went online, all I saw were very uh, specific, like photographs pasted on a t-shirt and that just right. wasn't my jam. So I decided I would make contour line drawings, kind okay. of like Picasso-esque line yeah, yeah. drawings of, the faces of Nina, of my icons, Nina Simone, Billie oh, Holiday. Mm-hmm. I did myself because up until this point, I haven't had any quote music merchandise either. Right. Um, so I created these really cool contour line drawings of their faces. And most of the time they have microphones. Sometimes they don't. Right. And then their actual signatures are at the bottom. So it's called the Jazz Diva Signature Collection. Okay. And I found the softest t-shirts I could find. There's a brand called Software, uh, based out of L.A., incredible brand, uh, and created these gold foil images to put on the T-shirts. 
So I had it's a whole line of really cool t-shirts, and I also have a, a unisex uh, t-shirt that is made of like a tri-blend. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that grew into this cool cinched bag. It's, it can be like a backpack, but also you can wear it on one shoulder, and it's this sweatshirt, yummy-feeling sweatshirt. Um, it, it goes with me when I go to the gym. I put my yoga mat in it. I put, when I travel, it's kind of like my catch-all bag. Yeah. Um, and then I also did something that's also really important to me is scent and atmosphere. And, you know, we were all stuck in our homes for so long. Right. We realized how important smell was and how that could affect your mood. And so I created, I then was looking for a certain scent that I wanted and certain scent combinations. Couldn't find them. So I thought, well, I'll just make my own. And I did. <laughs> So I just launched scented candles called Morning Jazz, Evening Jazz, and Jazz This. Right. So that's the collection. I like it. I like the idea. I'm going to check it out. Um, yeah, please do. That's awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, I hope everybody else there checks it out. Now I'm going to yeah, play. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying, you know, I'd love to continue to increase. I mean, the idea is I want to educate people about who these women are and how much they mean to music, American music, jazz, blues. So I started small, but I'd love to, you know, add all of them into it. Yeah, we should. All add, the ladies. We should add, yeah, send me your logo or whatever. Um, and we'll post it on our um, Instagram. Maybe do something yeah. On our website. It's all under, yeah, the women. It's all under Lizzie the Jazz Singer. All right. We love to support the women. Now I'm going to play Our Love is Here to Stay. Tell us what oh, that's such a great, well, this is a Gershwin tune. Oh, it's a really special song because Ira and George Gershwin, they were brothers writing um, in the early, early part of the century, uh, basically 19... 20, mid-20s through 40, like 45. Um, so in 1938, they were writing this tune together, and unfortunately, George died. Mm. And so Ira, his brother, in honor of him, finished this song that they were writing together. And it's called Our Love is Here to Stay. It's just an epic love song. It's wonderful. Yeah. Um, and... Pay attention to the verse at the beginning and how relevant this verse is. Somebody could have written it last week or last year, but it was written in 1938. So I I always like to point that out when I sing this song, incredibly relevant. Mm, mm, mm. And again, features Russell Malone on guitar. All right. Let's play. The more I read the papers, the less I comprehend the world. How it 
We've got something permanent I mean in the way we care It's very clear Our love is here to stay And they were like, you're a jazz singer. Why are, you're also creating a, a loungewear and candle line. What's this about? Tell us more. And it's, it's basically that's how the conversation started. Um, so it, it was quite an honor. And also, you know, most importantly, it's about exposure and letting people know right. that it yeah. exists. Yeah. No, that's really cool. That's, that's very, that's awesome, awesome, awesome. That's great. Thank you. 
What is the yeah. One, what is the one thing you wish you had known about the music biz before you got into it? There's a lot. Okay. Name three things because there's a lot. Oh man. It's there's so many, it's like ah, I kinda feel like my head's spinning right now. <laughs> I mean um, I can tell you that that the the music business is extremely, extremely hard and that you'll get so many people telling you that they can do so much for you and there's a lot of scammers out there. A lot. Yes. <laughs> yes, that is true. Definitely true. Um, I, I think I guess the best way to answer this without going down so many rabbit tro- rabbit holes and getting myself in trouble um, mm. is the best way that I have found to deal with the music industry is to know who I am. Yeah. And I might not know exactly what my goal is or, you know, whether you might not know exactly where you want to go, but if you know exactly who who you are mm-hmm. and your character and what you will and won't do, uh, you're going to solve a lot of – you're going to already put out a lot of fires. True. Um, by, yeah. knowing, um, by, by knowing yourself, because then you're able to really truly communicate what, what your needs are, what it is that you're looking for, and also what it is that you don't want. Because you're right, a lot of people will come to you and promise you this, 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 and this, and they kind of sensationalize everything and make it make you starry-eyed. Um, and if you're able to look at them and go, "That's great, but that's not really what I want. I'm just looking for, you know, these kind of things." Um, I, I think for me, that's been the the best way that I can describe my success in right. thus far in the in the industry. Um, I respect the people I work with. I respect um, the venues and the, the places and my fans. Um, and if someone gives me, you know, being a woman in the industry tends to be um, challenging at times. But again, um, I find that if you deliver a level of um, gratitude, respect, honor, and appreciation, and also make sure that you know what you're talking about, and you know what you're going into, prepare. Um, preparation, I think, is extremely important. Uh, right. Then usually people respond with that which you've given. And, and Natalie, what I always say is if they don't, I'm not going to hire you. Right. You know, yeah. when it comes down to it, that's why I love being an independent artist. I mean, technically, I'm the boss. Um, and so yep. I am bringing people in. I'm sharing my vision. I've got to be able to communicate my vision. I've got to be able to communicate where we're going to go with this and what the goals are. So that those are my that's my job. Um, and then people choose to respond. And if they don't respond in the way that is um, respectful and gracious and kind, then frankly, I won't hire them. So that's how I, I I would say that's the best way I've I've learned how to navigate through this very <laughs> challenging business. You're 100% correct. You have to know who you are. You have to know what you want, and you have to implement those things. So, you know, I have a friend that uh, she manages her her son who's finishing his final year at Berkeley Music in Boston, Mm -hmm. and 
he said, she said, one of the things she wishes that they would seriously have is a mandatory course on business music management. And I agree 100%. Oh, you yeah. should know, like, agreements and all this other stuff as equally as the person that's going to present them to it so that they can say, oh, yeah, okay, let me read this. Through. I'll get my lawyer to, but I, I can read it to myself so they can have a better yep. understanding of the crap that's going to be thrown at them and the good stuff that's going to be good, uh, thrown at them um during their music career um yeah but i totally agree with you you have to know who you are you have to know what you want uh to extremely be and determined to be extremely successful in this music thing Mm -hmm. and it's a a lot of work it just is you know you don't have a team we're doing we we are everything we manage we're we're the the marketers we uh, it it gives us a headache um but we have to do it (laughs) You have to be on every site, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Clubhouse, this house, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then it's, it's oh, just, it's, I hear you. I mean, one person was saying, you know, what well, you really should do, and this were marketing experts, they were just like, you know, you should really post something different on each social media site. I, first of all, it's hard for me to just figure out what I want to post on the um, on the daily. And I do all these inspirational quotes because it's easy to do that, and it helps a lot of people, yeah. but... Um, on like when I'm pushing music, it's like you have to come with different ideas to say. You don't want to inundate the people with same stuff. You skip every other day. You have to look at. I actually don't look at the algorithms, but you're supposed to look at the algorithms and all this stuff. It's just become um, so inundated I mean, with crap to do. Like back in the day, 1969, whatever. You had a little 45 record. You went to the radio station. Can you play this, please? It was as simple as that. <laughs> now, wow. Different no. ball game. It's a different Yeah, ball. you have to be a good manager of yourself and your time yeah. because, you know, what you just explained, just doing social man- social media, I mean, that's a full-time job. It's you know, crazy. and then, then you're writing songs and you're being creative, but in order to do that, you have to take care of yourself and there's self-time. I mean, exactly. so you, you really – which is what I was referring to at the beginning of our conversation regarding like what, what are the main focuses? What are your goals? Set your intentions, dig deep and don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. Amen. Yeah. Cause we can easily get distracted. I mean, I've been wanting a um, TikTok on menopause. (laughs) Well, more specifically. Oh, wow. Yeah hot flashes and I did I looked I looked crazy. But um more specifically like hot flashes and I did it where, you know, I look nice one moment and then I the next scene is me with total hot flash, hairs all over the place, sweating <laughs> You're sweating. And I'm sweating and I have fans and, and this is stuff I cho- I've I've been going through for the past two years and it's I mean, oh my I gosh. The other day. I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, it's been hard. I haven't slept that, like in two years. And I asked somebody the other day, has any woman ever killed while they <laughs> killed somebody while they were menopausing, hot flashing? Oh. It's, it's a it's a serious disability. It's it's no joke. I'm t- it's like your your skin you your skin is literally on fire. Somebody set some Oh set man. Yeah, I'm That's trying no to- good. No thanks. Don't want to be part of that. Um. So and then so and so my mom was like, you know, some women last menopause for ten years. I'm like, 
I, I, I told her I won't make it because if I don't get some sweet soon, it's, I mean, it's, it's really bad. Yeah, I veered off something, but it's all about TikTok. Uh, and so we have to do all of that and get, yeah. you know, TikTok. Club. And like I said, it is work. And with TikTok, my God, you have to come up with so many ideas. And TikTok said you should do five videos a day. Don't have time for that. Natalie will do a video that's, here, a video there. That's I mean, crazy. Yeah. I'm telling you, please don't do five videos a day. That's insanity. No, no, no. no I don't do a friend of mine does that. He he amassed thirty thousand followers. I mean, if you have the time to do, go go for it, go for it. And and I think there's a, a misconception about TikTok also. You know, people do silly videos, but at the same time, there's a lot of informational videos on um, TikTok. Yeah, there there is. Yeah, there's a lot of definitely, things. Definitely, definitely. There are hacks that they teach you, and you're just like, what? I never knew that. Um, yeah, so, there's a lot of small businesses launching yeah. on TikTok. There's a, there's a lot of good, meaty, fun things. No, it's definitely. not just silliness. Agreed. Definitely. Lastly, what is the one thing, a quote or message or affirmation that you like to use, if you do, uh, to push yourself? Personally? Yes. Um, I would say that one of my mantras that um, I say probably daily, um, and this is just a well-being mantra, um, I accept abundance in all forms, and I give abundance in all forms. When I say that, it generally puts me in the mode of like, okay, today's a new day. What am I going to do? What do I need to continue doing? What can I um, when I look at, quote, who you want to be, who you're aspiring to be, um, right. you know, the daily work is the hard work because it's really unglamorous and sometimes it feels like work. Um, but I think, you know, as we, we spoke earlier, know thyself um, and how is it that you are becoming the person that you were made to be, how are you finding and seeking after your most authentic voice? And how are you inspiring others to do the same? Um, I tend to write a lot of uh, personal notes to my friends. Mm. So I will, you know, in that time, there might be a a moment to say, oh, I'm going to, it's so-and-so's birthday today. Like today, it's one of my friend's birthdays. And the first thing this morning, I sat down at the piano and sang, and played happy birthday to her. Aww. Very simple and easy for me to do, but important. You know, it's honoring right. it's it's honoring and it's respectful and it's also celebrating the people in your life. I think that's important. I agree. I agree. We need to take care of ourselves and, and, and our loved ones. I agree 100%. Well, Lizzie, thank you so much for being on Chatting <laughs> with us. It's been my pleasure. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you so much for having me, Nat. I appreciate it. Um, If any of the listeners are in New York City in the holiday season, I will be playing a really wonderful holiday show on December 17th, Friday, 7 p.m. at Chelsea Table and Stage. Awesome. Yes, definitely check out Lizzie. You will, Lizzie Thomas, you will not be disappointed. Um, Yeah, yeah, and you so I'll, I'll share that on our Instagram page as well. Wonderful. And you can find me, Lizzie the Jazz Singer, L-I-Z-Z-I-E, 
the Jazz Singer. That's my website. That's where you'll see the Jazz Diva collection. And thanks again so much for your time and the invitation to join you today in chat. Thank you. All right, everyone. That was jazz vocalist Lizzie Thomas on Chatting with Matt. Definitely go check out her Diva Jazz Diva collection and listen to her music because she's awesome. She has a beautiful voice. Until next time on Chatting with Matt. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.